Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. Today we're talking about clarity, about how powerful it is and how much clarity will change the world. You see, when you get clear on who you are, clear on what you're going to do, you will make a difference that only you can make in this world. Hi, my name is Steve Kidd. I'm a third generation minister, international best-selling author of 21 books and counting. I have the wonderful privilege of working with people to help them write, publish, and most importantly, market their books to bestseller and beyond. I've worked with literally thousands of people, helping them share their message. And guess what? You could be next. Really, really cool stuff about that. Love to talk to you anytime. Feel free to go to Ask Steve Kidd dot com and schedule a time to talk to me. But today we want to talk about clarity. Clarity will help you change the world. When you're clear on who you are, what you're meant to do, who you're meant to serve, when things are clear, you can then make a really powerful difference in this world. Clarity is powerful. Clarity is the difference between the people who want to do things and the people who are doing things. You see, there's a lot of us that want to do stuff. And then we look at the lives of people who are really getting it done, people who are really, truly changing the world, and we wonder what's different about them than us. Why is somebody that's 19 or 20 years old already a multimillionaire and I'm not? Why are some people multi-billionaires and others aren't? Because ultimately, we have opportunity. We have ideas, options, things that are built in us that nobody else has. You're special and wonderfully, uniquely brilliant. So it's not that. It's really just a matter of that tiny little key called clarity. When we have the clarity, we can move mountains. We can change the world. We can change the very universe with our clarity. But when we don't have clarity, nothing really quite comes together. We're constantly thinking about what we want to do. We're totally knowing we should do something. But we never, ever really do something about it. Not really. We want to. We intend to. And then days, weeks, months go by and we still haven't really done anything about it because we're not clear. The clearer we can get down to one thing, what is the thing that I can do to make the biggest, most significant difference in this world? I've been thinking about this one a lot lately in my own life and I've loved these guests because they really help hone it together. Even though they're in different realms, different fields, they bring the same concept together and that's this powerful clarity that helps you change the world. We really need to look at who am I? What do I do in the world? What am I clear about that I can do that nobody else can do? What am I clear about that I'm supposed to do that's the thing that I can do to make this difference in the world? 
that thought that goes through my head a lot. And I think of it not just for myself, but for you, the listeners, because I love helping you guys out. I love seeing the change that you do make in this world. I'm so excited to hear about. Please give me feedback at any time. Put in a hashtag thriving entrepreneur on any of the social medias. I will totally see it. Um, I absolutely love it because clarity can help you change the world. It will help you change the world. You just really need to find out what is that thing and then really do it at the very best of your ability to maximize just the simple process of while it's called today. Doesn't have to be about forever. Doesn't have to be about everything. It's about being clear and concise and powerful today. So with that thought in mind, with your ears open, ready to learn, we've got three amazing guests. Let's jump right into it here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Join me in welcoming Dylan Vanis. Hey, Dylan, how you doing today? Good, Steve. What's going on? Oh, things are just, you know, crazy busy like always, but good. Thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. Yeah, sure. So um, I just, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I run a company called Agency Box. It's a software company that other marketing agencies use to to basically run their business. Um, I also run my own marketing agency. We help people build their personal brands online. But uh, my thing is like my mission is really just to be and become the best version of myself to inspire and lead others to become, to elevate their lives and just become better persons, people themselves. Mm, I love that. And you have a couple of successful businesses that you ran. Tell us a little bit about some of your business successes. Sure. Yeah. So I'm 28 years old. Um, I've done two companies that I own right now, over $20 million in, in revenue over the last few years. And I am like true entrepreneur turned entrepreneur. So if we look back, you know, I started my first company when I was in college, when I was about 20, 21 years old, um, did seven figures in sales my first year and continued to run that business for a few years and was like, uh, I was selling flying squirrels, like real live flying squirrels as pets. And I realized number one, I didn't like that business. And number two, I was slaving away to make money. And I sacrificed pretty much my entire life to just generate, to make money and run a business. And I realized uh, that's probably not the way to do it. <laughs> so I pretty much gave up a cash flowing machine to get back my life and my time and try to actually build a real business, which is in like 2016, I started a marketing agency and I was like, how can I, what's like the best way to make money? Right. And one of my mentors said, Dylan, uh, the amount of money you make in life is in direct proportion to the amount of value you add. You want to make more money, add more value. So I said, okay, cool. How can I add an insane amount of value? Well, how about I go help businesses market themselves, get customers, get clients and grow their business. What better way to help other businesses thrive and get paid for it? So that's kind of the path I went on. Um, and now I make social media content. I make videos, YouTube, so TikTok, Instagram about that kind of stuff, because a lot of businesses were crushed during COVID and there's a simple formula to getting attention online. And if you can learn how to use that formula to get attention, you wouldn't have been one of those businesses that got crushed. So uh, hopefully I can make content to share with people so they don't become one of those if we ever experience something like that in the future. 
There's so much involved in that. And I'm not even going to try to expect you to try to tell us everything over the course of just a few minutes here, but what's one key thing that people typically miss that can help them really screw up shop show up stronger in the world and, you know, be the change that they want to be as a business. So here's the winning formula. Number one, you got to create the narrative that you want to be shown. So a lot of people put content out, they make their website, but they don't realize that Google search engines, the world is going to either dictate a narrative that they think is best, or you can tell it what that narrative is. So one of the things we do is we do a lot of press. We work on like, you know, SEO stuff. We build our websites to be really strong in speaking the narrative at the first impression. So when people look at our stuff, the first, literally the first three seconds in internet age, they've done studies, internet users have a three second attention span. So we cater, craft our narrative. So in three seconds, people can understand what, what's, you know, what we do. That's step one. Step two is having a way to actually funnel people in, uh, in an efficient way. So a lot of people, they'll spend all this time building a website that looks beautiful, but it's not crafted to actually drive engagement and leads. You can have the best looking website, but if you don't actually consider how people can turn into buyers, then you're just wasting your money. So on my end, everything we do, every website we build, every funnel we have is first, first we consider how can we drive someone to become a lead? And then we build around that. So just a couple of things there. One, you should always have, if you're a local business, always have a phone number in the top right corners for people to call. You should always have a way for people to email you uh, or a way to buy if it's some kind of something where people can buy online. That's number two. The third and final part of the winning formula online is by actually optimizing things on the back end. So people ask me sometimes, Dylan, can you do like a performance deal where you send me leads and everyone that closes, um, I'll give you a commission on and my answer to that is heck no, because if I send you a thousand of the best qualified leads, but your backend system sucks, that's not going to, I'm not going to end up with anything. So you need to be optimized on the backend. You need to basically call every lead, every single phone number you get, you need someone. If it's not you as the business owner, you need someone else to basically pick up the phone and call that person. Speed to lead is the most important thing. So that's the formula. So you mentioned the concept of having your phone number in the top right-hand corner. Um, are you proposing that the best way still is to get people to just pick up the phone and call you? Um, we have a really robust sales team uh, at my companies. So, you know, if you give us your phone number, you're probably going to end up either talking to one of my reps or getting a demo of in some way. Uh, I believe that the human to human connection is never going away. It's the most powerful way, especially in a day and age when everyone's shifting to AI and chatbots and robots. Like if you can just have a real human that can call and understand the client's needs and wants, that you're going to have a lot more success. The problem is that most people have, many people have resistance to that. Like think about going through yellow pages, if they'll still exist and calling people out of that book. Like most people, the thought of that gets scared. On my end, I hire the people that aren't scared of that and we can contact people and really build that relationship. Well, I love that. Um, for the small business owner, for the person starting out, um, I, I love the concept of having your number there. Um, I'm afraid for them because I don't know what I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> um, <laughs> that it's going to ring their phone um, constantly and it'll be more than they can keep up with and people start getting their voicemail and it starts leaving a bad taste in people's mouths. Am I misunderstanding it a little bit here or? 
So if that's your problem, that's an amazing problem to have. Most businesses have the opposite problem, which their phone is not ringing. If I could give you a system where you're going to go ahead and actually have people that uh, are lining up to give you money, would you as a small business owner be willing to talk to them on the phone for you know an hour a day collectively? And that's kind of what that looks like. Now, I'm not saying, especially let's say like, let's imagine like a, a, a owner operator, right? Maybe they're a you know, they're a small business owner, maybe they're a, you know, a home services company or something like that. And the guy's out on the job. And then at the same time, he's trying to answer his phone. Like, I'm not asking you to do that. If that's you and you're, you know, you're busy working, there's a lot of services and solutions out there that will actually answer the phone for you, pre-qualifying vet leads, and then pass them to you. And we're seeing a lot of success right now with, instead of going uh, overseas, we're looking at near shore talent. So talent in Latin America specifically, because the culture uh, is very similar to, to the U.S. and Canada. And these people, they have usually uh, thin Latin accents. So you couldn't tell if it's, you know, a, a Mexican-American in California or someone that's in, you know, in Argentina. And so that's the benefit of Latin America is it's, it's a lot more relatable than using traditionally a lot of people move to the Philippines. So you, there's services out there that you can use that will actually sit and answer the phones for you vet the people and then only pass on qualified prospects to actually talk to you, the business owner. Everything you're saying, I'm totally loving. Um, you've actually driven me to look at my website. And um, if we weren't talking right now, I'd probably be rewriting my whole website right now. <laughs> yeah. So which the easiest way to do that now is leveraging chat GPT. Um, if, you or you know whoever's listening is not leveraging it i use it literally every single day in my business right now and so you could take your entire website copy it paste into chat gpt and say rewrite this in a way that's catered towards driving leads it'll give you every single element that's already on there but in a better way and it'll take all of three minutes so um I suppose that means you probably, if you have like a video, I mean, I know a few years ago and I'm going to be talking like I'm super old now because I'm talking about things from about two years ago and you know, <laughs> uh, uh, down up, right. Right. Um, you know, there used to be the have a video at the top or near the top, you know, so that people can see you and hear you um, and know exactly what you're all about. Um, are you suggesting then taking the transcript from that as well and throwing that into chat GPT and just having some really basic, powerful words there at the top for the people now? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm I'm in favor of video. I think video is still a lot of people want to watch a video. But what we can do is you can use a tool called Descript where you take the video, you put it in there. It'll literally transcribe the video. We use this for competitive research. If we find a video that's winning from a competitor, we just download it, throw it into the transcription service. I send it to, you know, I, I just go ahead and look at it and I swap out. Uh, I, I take the things I like about it, you know, add it to my content and kind of, you know, reverse engineer success. Um, as far as with your own content, keep a video on there. It's important. But the thing is, while a video is playing, a lot of times people will scroll the page and read while the video is playing. So ideally, you can make it where the video can play, play in the background, people can scroll down, and the text and the images and the testimonials on that page are reinforcing what they're hearing in the video. Love it. Um, yeah, that's really cool. So what is, we've talked about all the things that a person should do. What are the things that just drive you crazy because you see people doing them 
and you wish they would just stop. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a karmic imbalance of value. So what I mean by that is a lot of times people ask before ever providing any form of, any form of value. You know the the way that people seem to think is like, hey, go ahead and put your info here, your opt in, and then you know we'll give you a call to see if you know we can work together. The reality is in today's day and age, the formula is about adding value first, ask for nothing, and then just wait for people to come to you. And this is a formula that if anyone goes to networking events is is the secret formula is just show up, meet people, and don't ask for anything. People are going to get confused and start asking you, so what do you do? How can you help me? And it's like, it's the reverse sales script. You're flipping the entire process on its head and instead of asking, you're just showing up and serving. And so when it comes to online world, add value. How Think of how can you add value? I, I own a software company. And so I give people free access to my software uh, you know, and free lifetime access to the software. And they could never get that. I give more value for free than most people give for subscriptions of hundreds of dollars a month. That's the secret. So if you're not adding value and you're just asking and taking, that's something that grinds my gears and makes me very frustrated to see online. I love that. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, so I don't know about anybody else, but I'd like to talk to you in more detail about this. Um, for people who would like to know more and possibly work with you, how do they get in contact with you? Um, so I I kind of like Instagram because everything is uh, kind of monitored by my team. So everything that flows through me, emails and everything else goes through filters through someone except for Instagram. So if you DM me at D-Y-L, Dylan Vanas, D-Y-L-A-N-V-A-N-A-S, or you could also reach me at Dylan at DylanVanas.com. Uh, only problem is that will get filtered before it hits me. So if you really want to just hit me personally, Instagram is the best way to do it. Give us uh, some last minute words of encouragement before you go today. I think there's so much going on in the internet world, digital marketing. There's always something new that's happening. And people oftentimes think like, oh, like how am I going to keep up with this? New algorithms are changing all the time. Like they're pulling their hair out wondering what the heck they can do. Um, the thing to focus on is what can you do that you can do consistently and scalably? If you can, if you're going to, is there's an action that you can't do every single day for the next five years, don't do it. Find the thing that you can do. If that's making one post a week, if it's one post a month, one post a day, whatever that system is that works for you, do it, do it scalably, do it for five years consistently, and then come back and you will see the results. But where people fail is they stop too soon because it's hard, it's challenging, they didn't see success right away. And which is why 95% of businesses fail in the first 10 years. I love it. Well, Dylan, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's such a great place to start off our show with a great question, very powerful to ask yourself. What is the change you want to be in the world? What are the things that you want to do, the things that you have your company that you want it to do, that you know you're meant to be in the world? What are those things? Write them down. Don't just think them. Don't just kind of sit there and wonder and wish. Really actually take the time for a minute here. Stop. Pause the show. I don't mind. Do it during this commercial break. Whatever. Really think about what is the change that you want to be in the world. And then ask yourself the follow-up question. What's the one thing I could do today that would lead me towards that and help me be a thriving entrepreneur? 
We're going to take our first quick commercial break. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed, it's proven, we've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve, reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now, what are you waiting for? Grab a pen, here we go. All you gotta do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com, Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. We're talking about change. We're talking about how clarity gives you the ability to make a change in the world. And you need to be clear about what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Sometimes having a clear system is one of the most powerful ways to be able to do that. And it doesn't mean that you have to be the one who came up with the system. It just means that you need to understand the system is part of what you need. You need to really identify with it, take up the mission of it, and then follow that clear system to success to that thing that gives you that clarity that allows you to change the world. That's where our next guest is going to hop in here and really give us some clarity that's going to powerfully help us to change the world and see a way that we can take other people's systems and be powerfully who we're meant to be. Join me in welcoming Jane Stein. Hey, Jane, how are you doing today? I am great. And you? I'm doing really good. Thank you. So tell us first a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So I love the way you asked that. And I decided to think about it. Um, and, and how I want to show up, and I hope I do, is with a lot of authenticity. I'm, I'm pretty famous for just saying the way it is. Um, I, I have a really strong commitment to doing the right thing in all situations. So I rest easy at night. I don't have a lot of regrets in life. Um, I try and approach life with a sense of fun and optimism. And I don't know if we can swear on this show, but I am someone who gets shit done. You absolutely can. And I appreciate you saying it that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. I all haven't sleeped right. out yet. It's all good. So tell us... Um, you know, you're an expert in the franchise world. Tell us first just a little bit about, um, you know, what we don't know about franchises. I mean, everybody always immediately starts thinking about McDonald's or Taco Bell or something like that. But I think it's a lot bigger than just that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it is true. People, before they start researching franchises for themselves, they have this thing in their head about 
food or, um, and honestly, in all the years that I've been doing this, I don't think I've placed more than three people in a food business. You know, food business is tough. Margins are poor. Labor market is brutal. Um, so truthfully, it's a crazy world out there. I always say it's not your father's franchise world anymore. I mean, there's franchises for, oh my goodness, I should have made a list of all the crazy ones across my desk, but, you know, from crime cleanup to travel businesses to uh, obviously child enrichment businesses to boutique fitness businesses, and it's kind of a moving target as to what's in, what's out. Um, So, yeah, it's... Um, it's a fascinating world. Um, I got into it because I was retired from financial services. And then I, I just had to unretire. I was bored out of my mind is a long story short. And I literally thought I would buy a franchise because I had capital and I figured you just make an investment and they run it for you. That's how clueless I was. This was years ago. And, um, as I dove into it, it's just, it's, it's still fascinating to me every day, the businesses that are, that, that you can do and that are a franchise and successful franchises at that. So let's talk about some of the basics. I mean, uh, if a person wants to get into a franchise, uh, how super rich do they have to be in order to be able to even do it? I mean, what kind of money does it really take? Okay, perfect. Um, well, the cost itself is twofold. One is the cost of it being a franchise. So let's talk about that first. And every franchise, by definition, is going to have a franchise fee. And that's going to be a check you write up front if you're awarded your territory uh, to the franchisor. And that's going to be anywhere from 10000 to up couple of hundred thousand, depending on how much territory you buy, what kind of a franchise it is. Um, then there's the cost of actually opening your business, which you would incur those costs if it were a franchise or not, right? So if you're opening a restaurant or a gym or a hair salon, there's tenant improvements that you have to make. There's, you know, improving your space. There's equipment. <clears throat> there's um, lease um, concessions that you have to make, whether there's deposits, there's all kinds of those kind of costs, not to mention the costs of actually opening a business in terms of accounting costs, legal fees, uh, all of that. And so I think when people think of a traditional franchise, um, they should just mentally know that there's kind of two big, broad categories in terms of cost. The brick and mortar world is where you're physically having a space, likely on a main street somewhere. um, And that business requires, you know, you to have receptionists and employees and all of those costs associated with that. So those businesses, let's just broadly say, you should have be prepared for a capital investment of a minimum of $300,000. Not because it's a franchise, because that's just what it costs to get your doors open and to have a little working capital for some period of time, maybe only a month or two. 
Um, it could be much more. The good thing about franchising is that it's very regulated. The sale of franchises is highly regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. And as such, there's an enormous amount of disclosure that must be done in discovery. So as you, Joe Schmo, are researching a franchise, they are required to send you this monstrous 200-page-plus document called a franchise disclosure document. And in there is going to be a section right up front, which is a chart that sort of identifies all your possible costs in getting open. And it's in terms of a range. And they, that is a range that they have determined from surveying their existing franchisees. So they go up every year, those costs, or they have been. Um, and they have another chart that identifies all the ongoing fees. So brick and mortar, in answer to your question, yes, you know, you're going to go borrow money or you're going to use some of your 401k, and we'll talk about that if you like, or you're going to use yourself, funds, and family, but 300000 minimum on up. The other big broad category besides that is you know, they're generally referred to as home-based businesses, but literally you're not sitting at home. You know, they're businesses where you open an office somewhere in a warehouse somewhere uh, or in an executive suite somewhere. Um, and maybe you start out with one employee. Maybe you start out with no employees. Um, and there's, there's a whole big category in there. I don't want to go on and on. But those businesses you can launch with as little as $50,000. So I would say everything in between. Okay, good to know. So what is the one thing that you wish people knew before they came to you and started talking about franchising? Um, I guess I wish that they really understood, and I've heard other guests on your show talk about this, um, of the grit that will be involved uh, in starting any business, franchise or not. And um, I do educate them about that. And they're going to hear that anyway as they speak to other owners um, because that's part of the traditional discovery process is that you speak to other franchise owners who, again, have to be disclosed in that uh, disclosure document. Um, so I guess that's one thing I wish they knew. I wish they knew um, that franchises like doctors are good and bad and there's an awful lot of them out there and that the information that you can find on the internet is very very sparse <laughs> for one thing um, and often inaccurate so there's really only one way to do the franchise due diligence properly and it's time consuming um, because you, it's, it's, it's a little archaic um, in that there's just not a lot of good, valuable information to be found on the Internet unless you're extremely resourceful. Oh, and so I guess I would add, and this is, of course, um, you know, shameless self-promotion, but there, what I wish they knew is that they should get a franchise consultant. It costs you nothing. 
the compensation model is very much like a real estate broker. You know, I'm paid by the franchisor if and when there's a placement. You can't get it cheaper to go direct like you can sometimes in real estate. If you reach out to XYZ franchise and you don't have an expert on your side, you're still going to pay the exact same fee. So why not get the support, hopefully good advice, hopefully neutral sounding board that a good franchise consultant can bring? You know, I'm not in the business of selling franchises. They have development teams that do that. Um, I'm in the business of helping you identify a good business model based on a series of traits that we've identified that make up the ideal business for you, a good business based on your psychometric assessment profile that I've developed for you that tells me clearly what's in your wheelhouse and what's not, what stage of franchise seems right for you based on your business level of experience, et cetera, et cetera. And so why not have all this advice and support through the process? I am frequently the first one to tell clients as they're going through, this is a red flag. Let's, let's walk away. Um, you know, so I guess, I guess I would add that use a broker, use a good franchise consultant. We all use different names, coach, consultant, broker. That's the same animal. Um, and if you don't communicate well or like the one you're working with, find another one. So what's the first step? I mean, is the very first step just get on the phone and call Jane or are there some things that a person should do to prepare themselves or know that they're, you know, not just crazy even thinking they can do it? Um, yes, they should call me first step. No, I'm joking. Um, yes, I think that um, honestly, it's good to have an initial call. I don't know that there's a lot of pre-work that's necessary. I suppose I would say, Make sure you have, I don't know, my standard uh, talking point is build up to the point that you have at least fifty to 75000 in liquid capital, not in a retirement account, sitting in a checking account, could be in stocks and bonds because those are liquid if you're willing to sell them. Um, and make sure you've taken a good hard look at your finances and understand uh, what it is you need to pay your bills. Um, and, um, all of that. And, and then we just start with just a very, very easy opening conversation. All of that information helps me begin to think about what kind of a business would be not just in your wheelhouse, but in your budget. I am a little bit of a funding expert because of my background. I was with what is now Morgan Stanley for close to 30 years. So I, totally get the funding world. I totally get the way the banks are going to be looking at this. I totally get all the different ways you can fund your business. Um, and we talk about all that. So I don't think you have to have a lot of stuff in your head before you reach out and talk to your consultant. Uh, maybe just make sure you have some working capital and a reasonable idea of what it is you're going to be living on while the business launches and or are you going to try and keep your job while the business launches? And then we have a whole nother series of conversations around that. Mm, I love that. So with that said, how can a person get in contact with you and start working with you? Nice. Um, 
So they can go to my website, which is yourfranchiseswaiting.com. They can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Jane Stein, or Your Franchise is Waiting. I have two LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook page, Your Franchise is Waiting. Twitter, Your Franchise is Waiting. I think if you Google Jane Stein Franchise Broker, all of those things will come up. So uh, they could just try and remember my name, I guess. But thank you for that. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So just before we go, uh, give people who are thinking about it some words of encouragement. Um, I would just say what I like to say about um, about owning a, a business in general, but franchising in particular, you know, franchising has, there's no question it's lower risk in terms of somebody else has already made the mistakes. They've spent the development dollars. They've got the marketing support. They've got the marketing campaign down. Um, you know, it's not to say it's not possible to fail, but it, it's, it's a lot easier to fail in a startup. Um, not the least of which being because in a franchise, there is so much research you can do up front. That disclosure document is invaluable. Speaking to 10, 15 other franchise owners that have started is invaluable. Um, and really, the nice thing about a franchise is they don't want people with experience. They, if it's a you know, corporate cleaning business, they certainly don't want somebody who's been out there cleaning houses. They want a business person. Um, so if you have some, some corporate skills, if you've owned a business before, great. But if you haven't and you desire to, franchising is a great baby step. It's a great starter business, right? All you need to, to have, in my opinion, are four pretty key qualities, proactivity, optimism, strong support network, whether it's your spouse, whether it's, you know, a strong support network, which generally comes from the franchise, all to be vetted in your due diligence. And finally, there's one quality that really, to me, is the biggest determinant of success, and it's grit right? Just being willing to gut it out, being willing. It's one of those people that says, look, no matter what, I'm going to, I'm not going to fail. Failure is not an option. Let's take that right off the table. I'm going to do what it takes. Those people will be successful, period. Perfect. I love that. Well, Jane, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. And I appreciate the opportunity. You have a great one, Steve. Franchises can be such a great opportunity. It gives you a system. It gives you things that are tried and true that people already know. It gives you that powerful clarity to then go out and do those things that you're meant to do in the world. You just need to find a franchise that is something that is what you want to do. It doesn't mean necessarily that you know you need to run a McDonald's. Maybe it's a cleaning service. Maybe it's something that you can do from your home. Maybe it's something that involves you moving to someplace new. And you need that in order to have that powerful clarity. But the one thing I know for sure, and that's that this franchise concept will really, really allow you to have a system that gives you the clarity to be the change that you're meant to be in this world. Let's take another quick commercial break. We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> 
Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. We're talking about that powerful clarity that changes everything. How clarity can help you change the world. Make a difference that only you can make in this world. Now there's one other thing that you need in the clarity and that's where I love this last guest is going to come in and help us out. And that's discovering what are the things that are holding us back. What are the purposes for what we need? We need to really understand. We need to be clear. So I saved this last guest for us. So specifically, we can talk about, okay, how do I find my clarity? How do I know what my what is? And then how do I do it? How do I show up in a way that makes the difference that only I can make? Because clarity is powerful. Clarity will help you make the difference in this world that only you can make. And I'm so excited to hear about it. Again, hashtag thriving entrepreneur. If you've come up with some ways that you should be clear, that you can be clear, and that now you're going to be clear in all that you do. So with that said, let's talk about some very specific ways that our business can find some clarity as we talk to our next guest here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Join me in welcoming Jeremy Stevenson. Hey, Jeremy, how are you doing today? Fine, Steve. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, I am based out of Louisville, Kentucky. If you can't hear the southern twang in my voice, I was born in Miami, Florida. I've worked in corporate, I've worked in consulting, and I've worked in startup land, essentially. So now I have my own consulting firm, and I help B2B family businesses essentially thrive. Um, in a lot of different ways, essentially creating clarity for where they want to go and then uh, building a business around that from a growth perspective and then designing their ideal succession roadmap to either transition or transaction, one or the other. Perfect. I love that. So um, what are some of the kind of things that are typical that you're helping businesses with? A lot of it, I can tell you, is basically creating clarity around where they're trying to go in the uh, in their journey. So, I mean, the two things that usually get me involved in a family business or a business in general is, you know, they base the space they're in, they're trying to evolve to that next level of success, and they've been unsuccessful in doing that. And a lot of times it's just because, you you know, certain revenue thresholds, you really do have to evolve the business and restructure it to be able to scale to that level. And that's really hard to do sometimes when you can't see the forest or the trees. And the other side of it really is that gets me involved is the 
you know, the owner that uh, is 40s, 50s, essentially, and then figures out at one point, they lift their head up and say, I'm going to have to transition this business. And I don't know how to maximize the value. I don't know how to optimize it. And I don't know what that succession roadmap needs to look like, essentially. So, you know, it's uh, th those are the two scenarios that usually get me involved. What I see a lot, um, honestly, it's, it's you know, we're going to grow, 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 or we're going to go buy something, essentially, to figure out how to find growth. But a lot of times, it's you need to look internal and optimize what's inside the four walls before you start going external. Um, and then the other side of it is owners are everything to the business. That's a very common thing. It's usually called founderitis. Uh, or I should say it's the terminology that I use, and it's not just me that utilizes that. I don't know if it's actually a Webster Dictionary version there, but nonetheless, you know, it's it's owners that cannot step away, which is fully understandable because, I mean, if you create your baby, which is 99% of my clients, um, it's, you know, you spend your life essentially building that up with blood, sweat, and tears and scaling it and and living in that world. It's very hard to let go. And I can tell you that one of the primary things of everything that I do for a business from, you know, clarifying goals and growing it and tearing it apart to optimize it and creating different structures is literally moving the owner from operator to an overseer so that they can figure out what their next chapter in life is while they still control the business because that is needed regardless if they're trying to do uh, a legacy business, which means passing it to their family or keeping it in the family, or it's also needed if you're going to try to create an exit, basically, because you really need to create that independent asset with structure that creates value. So some buyer will actually look at that and say, that's what I want, and I need that, and it's something that I can tangibly uh, take away from the owner or purchase from the owner and continue. Mm, I love that. So, you know, really, at the end of the day, it boils down to all the systems that we don't create, um, we're going to eventually have a have to have to or it's going to run into a problem eventually. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can pretty much pull a business apart. And that's kind of almost the easiest part of this journey is, is tearing a business apart from a structure, tech, systems, process, talent perspective. And then you can find the weak links and start to rebuild and, and figure out what the near-term growth opportunities are. And honestly, you can usually find 10 to 15% growth just internally once you start rebuilding from an optimization perspective. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, everybody needs to build with intent and I, I'm guilty of it as well because it's always difficult, but nobody really does because um, you're too busy fighting the fires that are in front of you. And, you know, you're going to get to it one day and you're going to scale those processes and systems, which are boring. They're not sexy, but unfortunately, if you really want to create, you know, a business that can stand the test of time and you can pass along and you can, you know, hand over to somebody else, the systems and processes are really important, as is structure, basically, from a leadership perspective. You know, that goes to onboarding as well. So, I mean, you've got to create a leadership structure that is empowered to make decisions. So again, taking the power away from the owner so everybody doesn't look at that person when when something comes up. Um, and then the other side of it is, the, or I should say opposite side of it is the onboarding perspective. I mean, you need a standardization process for that. So, I mean, those are opposite ends of the thing, of the, I guess, the, the spindle, but they're both equally important. And then, of course, you've got all the meat and potatoes in between, essentially, to what your point was, all the systems and processes that make up the business that need to be in place, that need to be evolved with the business as it grows, scales. And, of course, then you need to streamline. So, yes, to your point, all the old habits do come back to haunt us. Absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of times we want to hire somebody in to magically create and discover systems that we've never 
created, implemented, or even intended ourselves. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm not a miracle worker and I'm also not a jack of all trades. And I tell every client or prospect that um, I have a loose team of individuals across the country that fit into each of these engagements. Cause I can tell you every time I, you know, every time I talk to a family business owner is, is my target audience. And anytime I talk to a business owner, but definitely a family business owner, I already know what the story is going to sound like um, for the most part. I know what the pivotal points are going to be. And you need different professions to be able to jump in at different times during these engagements. So whether or not it's high-end insurance or you need a wealth advisor, you need a, st a state and trust attorney, a tax mitigation uh, CPA. I mean, all these people essentially fill in. And you're right. Nobody has all the different answers, but you can certainly bring somebody in to quarterback some of it. And honestly, that to what you're talking about is is the unbiased viewpoint. I mean, people ask me what my unique value proposition is or UVP. And I always say that it's a little bit of education, a little bit of experience and a lot of unbiased viewpoint, being able to see the forest through the trees. Mm, I love that. And a lot of times, uh, you know, the old saying, you can't read the jar and you can't read the label in the jar you're in. You know, a lot of times somebody comes in and they say something and then you're like, oh, that was so easy. Why didn't I know that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's kind of like trying to proofread your own document. I mean, I, you know, I, I have created a lot of stuff from scratch. And I mean, I was involved in a fairly big startup that we sold to, to Nationwide in 2017 and all that. And, you know, throughout that journey and before I've written a lot of reports and uh, I should say a really a whole lot of reports. And, and honestly, you know, you can read a report to your point, 20 times and then hand it off to somebody. And within five minutes, they'll be like, is this supposed to be like this? So yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what a fresh set of eyes will do. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, you said uh, family-owned businesses, be a little bit more specific. What kind of business would just be the perfect business if you could work with them all the time, who would it be? Uh, I can, you know, to, to niche that down a little bit, it's usually B2B family businesses with a revenue of $15 million and above. And there's a little bit of math and science behind that. But essentially, they've gotten to that point through brute strength a lot of times. And then finesse comes into play. And that's really where you figure out you, you need that unbiased viewpoint, somebody that actually has a little bit uh, of different point of view to come in and say, OK, these are the different things to your point earlier about. Um, these are the different systems and processes, and this is kind of where we need to go. Because eventually, it's just like all the rest of us. We have to figure out where we want to go in life and same in business. Um, you can do a lot of things in adolescence, but eventually you're going to have to settle down and really figure out a destination, kind of a goal, or at least a little bit of trajectory path. And that's, you know, that's equally important for a business. Um, so, you know, me for, for, for my ideal clients or ideal client persona is usually a B2B family business where the owner's in their 40s. They've gotten sufficient growth out of the business and they want to take it to significantly higher levels. And they also understand that at some point they're going to have to turn the keys over to either somebody in their family. Uh, if they want to keep it in the family and nobody in the family wants it, then they can utilize various structures to do that. There's many different ways you can utilize a business and or maybe the uh, maybe the journey includes exit. So you're just going to sell it and have a cash or a liquidation liquidating event. Um, but, you know, charting that course earlier than later is a lot easier to do, just like anything else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to people that you wish they knew before they came to you? 
You know, I do a lot of education in terms of speaking and, and podcasts and writing and everything like that. And the, and the single most important thing that I see all the time and that they actually most owners can, can impact because there's really nothing that I write about that owners cannot do. And I say owners because it really centers around them. I mean, they are the ones that are controlling all the strings. Um, and, and of course, they want to protect their families uh, and cr hopefully create clarity for their business and their family and for all their employees, essentially. But start working themselves out of a job sooner than later. That is, I mean, equally important because you start to build that pipeline of talent, whether or not it's internal family members or it's external or, or what have you. But if you do that, it creates clarity, not only for that particular pipeline, but it creates clarity from a cultural perspective so that everybody involved in the business understands what's going to happen and how that transition is going to take place. Because there's a lot of family businesses that, you know, get a little lengthy in their, in, I guess, in their journey. And that starts to cause a lot of conflict, a lot of uh, cloudiness and where that business is going to go. And of course, there's a lot of livelihoods that support or, or depend on that. So, you know, if you can create clarity for everybody involved, not only just the owners and the families, but the employees as well, it will definitely crisp up and, and get everybody engaged and understanding and on the same page. So founders, work yourself out of a job, basically. Figure out how to become an overseer and not an operator and empower your leadership team. And then that pushes on down essentially throughout the organization. I love that. Oh, absolutely. So for the people that have identified and they're like, hey, that's me. That's exactly what my business is. Help me, help me. What could they do to work with you? Uh, they can send me an email if they'd like, or they can uh, contact me on LinkedIn, essentially. So, you know, it's Jeremy Stevenson and I own iBridge Global Partners. My website is actually under development. So the version 2.0 essentially is, is <laughs> I can't send them there. Otherwise, I would send them to www.ibridgeglobalpartners.com. Um, and, and that will be available probably within, you know, five weeks. But uh, yeah, I mean, basically give me a call, 502-741-7852. Send me an email, Stevenson at ibridgeglobalpartners.com or look me up on LinkedIn. I love it. Well, leave us with uh, one more piece of really good advice before we go today. Uh, the one piece of advice that I've learned in my career, essentially, when you're trying to build a business is, and think about this earlier than later is everything, because obviously time is our best friend in almost every circumstance in our life. Think of the business as five times the size that it currently is. And I mean that from a systems process perspective, basically what you want to do with it. It won't make any sense when you're actually, you know, the three man team that's trying to do everything you can from a blood, sweat and tears perspective to make the business work and get clients and, and mature everything inside of it. But if you can think of it and design it initially from a five time five X perspective, that will save you a lot of headaches in the future because it will begin to make sense once you start to grow a little bit, scale a little bit. And then basically you just kind of grow into your shoes. Well, I love that. Jeremy, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, enable me to talk to your audience a little bit. Your family, both the family that you're, you know, family, family, as well as the family that is your business. How do you work functionally, work together, be clear so that you can then make that difference? You can be the change in the world. You can make the change in this world. That change that clarity so powerfully brings. 
I know you need it. I know you want it. And I know you're going to love exactly what clarity brings to your life, your business, your family, and all that you do. It's such a powerful, powerful thing. And because who you are, because of what you do in this world and what you're meant to do, it is such a cool, cool thing for you to get that clarity so you can be that person, make that change and be the difference in this world that the world is so craving. That difference that you were created to be so that you can change everything by just simply showing up powerfully today, clear as yourself. Today's the day we've got. Today's the day that we can maximize and you can get that clarity and then you can show up today and be strong and powerful and amazing. Just being, guess what? Just being you. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. I know I say it every week, I say it all the time. I'm hoping at some point it just becomes so ingrained in you that you know, hey, the world needs me because it's true. I want you to know it, own it, and live in it now and forever so that you can then, you'll want to find that powerful clarity, live in it, be the change that you're meant to be. Show up and make today a great day. If you can lay your head on the pillow at the end of today and be able to say it was a good day, then today's an accomplishment. And on those days, we all have them, where today was a rough day and we lay our head on our pillow, we can say, I'm glad today that I got through it because there's so many amazing, exciting things that are in store for tomorrow. I had a friend of mine set me on a path of writing gratitudes every night before I ended my day. And sometimes it's really tough. And sometimes what you're writing in your gratitudes are things that you're grateful that are coming. You call into the universe things to be grateful for when sometimes it feels like there's not a whole lot to be grateful for. It's a great practice and it really allows you to create gratitude in your life. It helps you be clear on what you really truly are grateful for and then you can wake up the next morning ready to be the change, ready to make the difference, ready to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope that you're happy, safe, warm and loved and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with 
Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Yeah.